Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. We're getting ready to bring to this pulpit our evangelist for tonight. We have had an amazing youth revival week this week. Our young people, our young adults alike have been inspired, challenged, changed. I believe that my prayer before service tonight is that tomorrow when tomorrow and the next day and the next day comes that there would be practical life change that has happened in these young people and I really believe that that has happened and God's just gonna God's just gonna put a cherry on top tonight I really believe that so many so many guests in the house we're honored that you would come and join us on this Sunday night but we're so thankful the Lord is here we're so grateful for the presence of God are you grateful for the presence of the Lord tonight? All the way from Dallas, Texas. All the way from Dallas, Texas, Brother Landon Gore, and a powerful evangelist that preaches all across our movement, a Christian man, a humble man, and just a just a down-to-earth, normal person. And I'm, I thank God for that. Let's welcome our evangelist as he comes to deliver the word. How many of you are going to preach with the preacher tonight? Amen. Happy to be in the house of the Lord. Why don't you turn to somebody, give them a smile, hug their neck, give them an elbow, a high five, poke them in the eye, tell them you're thankful to be in the house of the Lord with them. It just feels good to be in the house of the Lord tonight, amen? Come on, if you're excited to be in the house of the Lord, I wonder if you just clap your hands tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I, uh, I've told the story a lot, and I just keep on telling it because I like telling it. I had a, I, I, was, I was on the way to the airport, and I got the notifications of all notifications. Brother Tim, I got the notification that I had been upgraded. Is it Tim? It is Tim, right? Yeah, all right. I'm making sure I had the right one. I got the notification of all notifications. I got the notification that I had been upgraded to first class. Come on now. I know I know I look all nice and humble, but I can be bougie real fast. I got myself ready. I stood at the front of the line, and when they said first class, I said, oh, I, I think that's me. Uh, yeah, I actually fact-checked, that's me. And uh, made my way to first class, sat down in first class, and I was just looking all around. I didn't mention I was in first class, right? Stewardess came out, said, you need anything? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll take a juice. Because you can't experience first class unless you got that finger out and you're just sipping on some juice. <laughs> and, uh, maybe maybe y'all fly that all the time. So I, uh, I, I'm sipping on some juice and, and uh, my man next to me ordered some orange juice. I had apple juice, he had orange juice. And little did I know that within a few moments that I was going to be wearing that or orange juice all down the side of my pant leg, into my socks, into my toes. Been even underneath my toenails. Sorry, TMI. And uh, the stewardess came back and she said, "Oh my goodness, it's I, you know what? I, I I'll be right back." And uh, she comes back, Haley, with a little towelette. I said, "Homegirl, I'm gonna need about 500 of those." And after I kind of wiped most of the stickiness off, you never get 100% of the stickiness off. So I got about you know 90%. And the stewardess said, um, is there anything else I can do? My man beside me, not to mention any names, said, when you get a chance, um, if I could just get a, a refill of orange juice. 
I said, dear God, please bring it in the sippy cup. But you know what I've come to appreciate? I've come to appreciate when I walk into a sanctuary and there are desperate men and women that it does not matter how many times they have fumbled or faltered. It does not matter if you make fun of them. It does not. They just kind of walk in with an audacity. I'm going to take advantage of this service and I will lay hold of, I will receive everything that I was meant. I wonder if there's just anybody on a Sunday night. It doesn't matter what anybody else does or does not do. You will leave. You will leave here with your hands on something divine. You go with me to the book of Judges. The book of Judges. I want to go to the word of the Lord. Thank you to the musicians and singers once again for bringing this to the presence of the Lord. I once again honor Pastor and Sister Bounds and their uh, just wonderful Christ-like family. I thank God for their leadership, their impact, and their influence globally and locally. And uh, once again, I just want to give them a hand clap of appreciation. If you're thankful for your man of God, your shepherd, and his wife and their family. Thank you to Pastor Cody and his wife. They have just uh, welcomed me with such warmth and class. And I am so grateful for the time that has been shared uh, with Anchor Youth. Wow. God's hand is upon this great group of young men and women. And I have to give an honorable shout out to the Badgers. The Blue Badgers. The victorious Blue Badgers. The triumphant Victorious Blue Badgers, the domination nation. Uh, I, don't, I don't hear any red rhinos or yellow yaks or, or gazelles. But I got I to gotta give a shout out. Any Blue Badgers in the house tonight? All right. We, everybody be drinking Haterade. They ain't too excited about our W, but it's all right. It's all right. And uh, there's, some, uh, there's some friends here tonight. Um, Simon and Simeon, uh, <laughs> Simon and Sydney McDonald, they have been here this weekend and they have helped lead in worship. And I want to give an uh, honorable shout out to them. They're friends of the Bounds family. They've been friends of mine. And we have some additional friends from uh, the Pentecostals of Eureka. Brother Grant, Sister Jessica, wave your hands. And I need the whole family just to wave your hands at me. Can you do that? These are some special people and a special friends. And they stand alongside the McDonald family and they do so much for the kingdom of God in Eureka. And they came all the way here tonight for me or Simon and Sydney. I'm not for sure which. We're still trying to figure that out. But I'm so glad that they're in the house tonight. And... Um, um, I'm looking for them. Just give me a second. I told you awkward silence doesn't bother me. Luke, there he is. I went to Bible school with Luke and uh, so good to see him and Allison this weekend. And uh, we spent some time uh, together uh, at Texas Bible College and uh, just had some great uh, formation years. Uh, that was sort of like our Nazareth. I'm thankful for it, but I don't want to go back to it. Uh, but I'm so glad to, <laughs> I'm so glad to see him and Allison tonight and so many others that I've met. Everybody has just treated me like family. And uh, so why don't we go to the word of the Lord? Is that all right? The book of Judges chapter 6. The book of Judges chapter 6. If you're going to help me preach tonight, would you say amen? amen? Give honor to every daughter work member, every pastor that's here tonight, every single individual. I just believe the Lord's going to speak to us in a special way. Judges chapter 6 and verse 11. If you're there, say amen. amen. If you're not there, say amen anyway. Judges 6 and 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak tree, which was in Ophrah that pertained unto Joash the Abrazite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared. And he appeared unto him and said, The Lord is with you, 
you mighty man of valor. Gideon said unto him, oh my Lord. You ever had an oh my Lord moment? If I ever write an an autobiography, it will be entitled, oh my Lord. Gideon, now I just come to preach to humans tonight. So if you brought your halo, unplug it. You got your cape on, I need you to fold it up, put it under the seat. I came to preach to humans tonight. Is that all right? He said, oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then has all of this befallen us? And where be all these miracles which our father told of us, saying, did not the Lord bring you out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us. And he has delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked at him. I wonder if he smirked. The Lord looked at him and said, go in this might. You will save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? By the help of the Lord, I just want to preach for the next few moments on this simple subject. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. If there's anybody that has some radical desperation on a Sunday night and you need the Lord to do something miraculous in your context, in your world, in your life, I wonder if you'd throw your hands up one more time. I wonder if you would lift up your voice in faith and expectancy. God, I thank you for this household of faith, this body of believers. I thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl that is here tonight. I do not believe anybody's just plopped on a Pentecostal pew, but everybody is here by divine design. And so I thank you for what you will accomplish. I thank you for what you will perform. I thank you for who you will heal, for who you will feel, who you will touch, who you will deliver. I thank you for the best gifts being in operation. I thank you for the angels of the Lord being in this house. I thank you for doing what only you can do. We prophesy it, we pray it, we declare it, and we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe that, would you say in the name of Jesus? If you believe that, would you shout in the name of Jesus? Now, if you really believe it, I want you to clap your hands as loud as you have all day. Somebody just ought to let a shout out. Somebody ought to just raise your faith for what the Lord is about to do in our midst. Hallelujah. 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 Turn to your neighbor and tell them the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. No, not every one of you said it. Turn to Annetta, you didn't say it. I watched you. Girl, caught you slipping. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. God bless you and you may be seated. And the children of the Lord and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of God. This is where our story starts. The children of Israel and the children of the Lord doing evil in the sight of heaven. And so it is in our day. The writer of Hebrews would admonish us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting and encouraging and provoking one another. And so much the more as we see the day approaching. Children, the children of God, 
the rightful heirs of promises and prophecies. They were doing evil in the sight of God, but not every child of God was because there was a young man named Gideon. There will always be those that are following the manner of some. There will always be those that forsake the assembling of ourselves as the manner of some is. But there will also be another category. There will be those that will be doing so much the more until the return of Jesus Christ. I've come to challenge a young married family. I've come to challenge an elder. I've come to challenge anchor youth. Don't fall into the category of what some are doing, but make up in your mind I'm gonna do what I've always done but I'm gonna do it all the more You see, you don't always need a 10-week revival. You don't always need a 10-step plan. You don't always need a mysterious, spooky walk with God. Sometimes you just got to be faithful and consistent and keep on doing what you have been doing. You want to know why hell hates your guts? Because you keep fasting and you keep praying and you keep giving and you keep smiling and you keep getting back up. And you just keep doing it all the more. And so there is a context of chaos and, and confusion and, and there are double standards and, and Pastor Nehemiah, there, are, there, there is hypocrisy and, and there are people that are leaving the faith and there are people that are forgetting God, but not everybody is. Not everybody is because there is a young man named Gideon I have, to, I have to continually paint this canvas because there is much wickedness and there is much chaos, but, but it's, it's even more wicked because the Bible says that the enemy is watching the people of God. He is waiting for a season of harvest. And every time, Tori, that there is a season of harvest, the enemy keeps coming in and he keeps plundering the harvest. He keeps destroying the harvest and he keeps burning it up. And so now where there should be revival and where there should be breakthrough and where there should be deliverance and where prophecy should be coming to pass, you can smell smoke. And you can see the ashes of what the enemy has come in and spoiled and stolen and burglarized. But there is a young man named Gideon. What is Gideon doing? Gideon is threshing wheat by a wine press. Hold up. Let's say this again. The enemy is coming into the fields. And the enemy is coming to the homes of the people of God. And the enemy is burning up all the harvest. He's destroying all the wheat. But Gideon is behind a wine press. And he has something that the enemy hasn't burned up. And he, and he has something that the enemy hasn't stolen. And he... 2020 uh, may have burned up some things, uh, but it did not burn up everything. Uh, the devourer may have swallowed up some things, uh, but he did not swallow up everything. Gideon is threshing wheat behind the wine press. What that means is while the enemy has been subtle and while the enemy has been coming in and has been barraging and attacking and destroying the people of God and their results and their produce and, and their harvest, there's been a young man who in secret he's been planting and in secret he's been watering and in secret there's a harvest. Forgive me, I just sometimes, sometimes... Sometimes you, you speak to the saints and you let the spirit world over here. And sometimes you speak to the spirit world and you let the saints over here. And I'd like to do a little bit of the latter. I'll come back to you in just a moment, but I'd like to speak to the spirit world and just notify them. There's been a young man, there's been a young lady uh, in a secret place. They've been planning some consecration. They've been planning some holiness. They've been planning a prayer life. They've been planning... 
I just got to let that devil know there's been a young person. There's been an elder. There's been a saint of God at the anchor church. While the fire's been burning and the enemy's been stealing, you've been watering. You've been watering. You've been watering. And God is about to give the increase. Oh, can I preach it like I feel it? Every single one of you represents something that hell couldn't get its finger. Every single one of you represents something that hell could not get its fingerprints upon. Every one of you have prayers. Every one of you have decisions. Every one of you have walks with God. Every one of you have worship that hell tried to strangle and hell tried to suffocate and hell tried to smoke out. But when you showed up on a Sunday night, you represented not the category of some, you represented the category of all the more. You represented something that hell could not plunder. So Gideon is threshing wheat by a wine press. You don't thresh wheat by a wine press. You press grapes in a wine press. And you thresh wheat on a threshing floor. Gideon is out of place. But he's not out of sight. And some of you have been put in a different posture and position. You don't feel strong you don't feel mighty you don't feel chosen you don't feel anointed but this is how great and awesome god is gideon was hidden so well that the enemy never saw him but shane the bible says an angel of the lord sat by an oak tree and watched gideon It does not matter how far you run. It does not matter how low you go. The eyes of heaven will always search you out. And the eyes of the Lord can see you when man has forgotten you. The eyes of the Lord can see you when the enemy is after you. The eyes of... There's two things in your Bible that go to and fro. The devil in the eyes of the Lord. Can I say that one more time? There's two things that go to and fro. It's the devil in the eyes of the Lord. You see, I, I, got, I got to remind you, no matter how hellish your origin, no matter how dark your story, no matter how demonic your background, the devil is more limited than you think. The devil is more limited than you realize. The Bible says he has to go from point A to point B. But the eyes of the Lord just have to glance at you. The, what I'm trying to tell you is that the eyes of the Lord saw you before the addiction ever got to you. The eyes of the Lord saw you before the abuse ever got to you. The eyes of the Lord. This is all right. Can I just keep preaching a few more minutes? Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, hold up. You're under surveillance. Hold up. You're being watched. I just feel like somebody's watching me. I just feel like somebody's staring at me. Yeah. Tucker, the eyes of the Lord are scouting and he's looking. Who can I use? Who can I perform a miracle through? Who's going to be submitted? Who... Uh Oh, I see those that are rebellious. I see those that are backsliding. I see those that are forsaking. But it's not everybody. There's somebody willing. And there's somebody dedicated. And there's somebody persevering. And there's somebody who's got an ironclad faith. Lift your hands and voices for just a minute in this house right now. Come on, the eyes of the Lord are looking at the anchor church tonight. The eyes of the Lord are looking at the anchor church tonight. The eyes of the Lord are looking at the anchor church tonight. Woo! 
Watch what happens. I want you to put Judges 6 and 11 on the screen. I want you to notice what takes place. The Bible says that an angel of the Lord sat under an oak tree. Heaven is attracted by those that are fighting against the odds. Heaven is attracted to those that are out of place, but not out of sight. Heaven is attracted to those that do not give in to what the enemy is trying to burn up and destroy. Well, we're just living in the last days and it's just impossible to be spiritual. No, 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 no. I refuse to let the enemy burn that up. We're in the last days. You just can't be holy. I refuse to let the enemy burn that up. We're in the last days. I don't know if we'll ever go back to in-person church. You know where you'll find me? Behind a wine press because I've got something that the enemy didn't get. I'm holding on. I'm holding something that the enemy wants, but he cannot have. Somebody ought to jump right now. Somebody ought to shout right now. Somebody ought to just lift up your voice. Can I preach a little longer? Finn, can I preach a little longer? All right, Finn said I could. I don't care what y'all say. You can be seated. So heaven sits down. Oh, I need an angel. I need an angel. Okay, you can't volunteer to be an angel, okay? Angels are humble, but I'll, I'll give you a pass. Come be my angel right there. Yeah, come, give it up for the angel. And uh, I need somebody to be Gideon. Uh, Sawyer, can you come be Gideon? And I, I need you just to go hide behind the wine press. I just need you to kneel over there. Yeah, I just need, that, that's the wine press. Yeah, this is the wine press. So you're hiding behind the wine press. There's an angel that's sitting down. Now notice, the angel of the Lord came and sat down. Now go to the next verse. Awkward silence, don't bother me, y'all. What does it say? And the angel of the Lord appeared. Becca, the angel of the Lord sat down, and then the angel of the Lord appeared. So that means there was a space and time where heaven was still, and heaven was silent, but heaven was not absent. but I didn't see God like I wanted to see him. And I didn't hear God like I wanted to hear. That does not mean he was not there watching you, trusting you. Lord's been watching you. I said the Lord's been watching you. He's wanting to see if he can trust this church. He's, he's wanting to see what you, what you will do when you are out of place. When routine has been ripped from you. When religiosity has been ripped from you. See, God, pastor already said it. God, God is, God is, God is placing a dividing line in the spirit. God is separating those that are just checking in and out of North American Christianity. And those that are hungry for New Testament reality. See, North American Christianity says, I'll just, I'll just binge on the Spirit on Sunday, but I don't want to die out on Monday. But New Testament, New Testament reality says if I'm going to see daily power, I'm going to have to experience daily death. So every day, I'm going to pick up my cross. I'm going to pray another prayer. I'm going to say, not my will, but thy will be done. Because I may be out of place, but God is trusting me with children. God is trusting me with creative giftings. God is trusting me with talents and anointing and calling. And so the Bible says that the angel of the Lord appears. And you know what? Thank you, Luke. And you know what he said? Is this used? Pre-owned? Pre-snotted in? 
I see a few snot marks. I got trust issues, Luke. Thank you. Here's the deal. The Lord looked at him and said, Thou mighty man of valor. Oh, me. Thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon's response is, yes, sir. No, fam. No, not at all. Gideon says, oh, my Lord, where you been? Hey, man, great to hear from you. You see the fire? You behold the ashes? You smell the smoke? Your boys, you're, you're, we've, been we, we've been taking some hits. Why? Why have you allowed us to fall into the hands of the Midianites? Why have you allowed us to be defeated by the hands of the Midianites? And watch God's response. Next verse. God looks at him in verse 14. And he says, go in this might. You will save Israel from the... Gideon looks at him and says, why have we fallen into the hands, plural, of the enemy? God looks at him and says, you're going to save your people from the hands, singular, of the enemy. Uh, we just, can we have a little Bible study for just a moment? I want you to go to 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17, 37. This all right? Finn, is this all right? Finn said it's all right. 1 Samuel 17, 37. I want you all to see this. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the enemy. Go to verse 46. You got to see this. Go to verse 46. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. Hold up. Watch the next verse. And all the assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Do not attribute more power to the enemy than is rightfully his. I know alcohol is powerful, but it's not as powerful as God. I know pornography is powerful, but it's not as powerful as God. I know atheism is powerful, but it's not as powerful as God. I know generational curses are powerful but they're not as powerful as the hands of the Almighty. Oh, hold up. Hold up, Michael, get up here. Michael, no, no, get up here, get up here, hurry, 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 hurry. I just saw you running, were you running? running. Were you running by yourself? Yes, sir. You were running by yourself. Let's, let's do that again. Y'all just got to forgive me. I started running the aisles at six years old when I got the Holy Ghost. And I got a personal rule. Nobody runs by themselves. Nobody shouts by themselves. Nobody jumps by themselves. So pardon me. I just couldn't let Michael run by himself. You ought to jump with someone beside you. You ought to shout with someone beside you. You ought to shout hallelujah with somebody beside you. All right, can I keep preaching just a few more minutes? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Gideon is now a mighty man of valor. Why? Because heaven said so. He said, I'm the weakest of the weak. 
He said, do you know my tribe? Do you know I'm the youngest? And God looked at him and said, go in this might. Go in this strength. You know what God looks for? He looks for those that are weak enough to win. No, 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 you didn't hear me. I said he looks for those that are weak enough to win. Because in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. And God uses the weak things to confound the wise. God uses the weak things to make the enemy scratch his head. Oh, you're not hearing me. Paul said, I was born out of due time. He said, I don't make sense. David said, I am as a wonder unto many. You know what that means? No, what that means? When the enemy sees me, he scratches his head. Because I don't look strong. And I don't always look anointed. And I don't always look powerful. But God does not go by what appears to be. God goes by what is appointed to be. And he said, Gideon, you're weak enough to win. I can use your insecurities. I can use your fears. I can use your flaws. I can use your idiosyncrasies. He said, all right, man. You're going to get an army. And the Bible says somewhere along the way that Gideon now has a sword. Now, if you kill me, I'm going to sue you. I don't know how I will because I'll be dead, but I'm going to sue you. Gideon now has a sword. You can go back to your seat, Sister Angel. Give it up for the angel. And so now he says, Gideon, he says, I want you to amass an army. Gideon gets an army. Heaven shakes his head. He said, no, too strong, too pristine, too professional. You got to lose some. Loses some peeps, loses some soldiers, tells some bros, deuces, goodbye. Gideon's ready. God says, nah, fam, you look strong enough to be defeated. Because your intellect will never give you victory in this battle. Your logic will never gain you victory in this battle. Getting the Lord on your side will never get you victory in this battle. You've got to step on the Lord's side. And you've got to fight the Lord's battle. And you've got to pick up the Lord's weapons. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are Mighty through God. So it says, all right, you got you to steal this group a little bit more. Until finally they are a ragtag band of losers. God says, yeah, I can use them. I can use them. And so he tells Gideon, I want you to get your bros, I want you to get the boys, and you're getting ready to come against the enemy. Hold up! In case you're nervous, why don't you go check out the enemy's camp? And God is so cool, he even allows Gideon a buddy system. He says, you scared? Go with your bro. Come up, Ben. And so Gideon and his buddy goes out to the enemy's camp. I'm almost done. Is this all right? God says, if a word from me is not enough, I'll give you a word from hell. And so Gideon and his buddy goes out and they creep up to the enemy's camp. And you know what the enemy's been doing? The enemy's been dreaming. But he's not just having dreams. The enemy has a nightmare. And you know what the enemy says to one to another? He says, man, something's up, something's afoot. All of a sudden, I was in the valley, and there was this big piece of barley cake or barley bread. 
Barley is the cheapest grain you can buy. And the enemy said one to another, it came into the valley and it destroyed us. And there's only one person it can be connected to. The sword of Gideon. Don't let me lose you. Gideon is threshing wheat by a wine press. And the enemy sees a loaf of barley bread. What's the difference between wheat and barley bread? One is the ingredients in its most elemental state. The other is what happens when you get the ingredients and you mix it and you stir it and you bake it and you... You know what's going to destroy hell? Not the right now you. But tell your neighbor, the right now me is not the tomorrow me. I'm growing. I'm culminating. I'm developing. I'm still... I'm still learning to pray and I'm still learning to submit and I'm still learning to tithe. But if hell could see me when I get discipled and if hell could see me when I grow and when I mature, that's what hell is afraid of. Oh, no, no, no. Hell's worst nightmare is not who you are but who you're becoming. Hell's worst nightmare. It's not where you are. It's where you're going. Why was Herod? Why was Herod slaughtering the whole countryside? Removing every young male child. Did he really think a baby in a diaper was going to waltz up into his throne room and take over? No, 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 no. But babies don't stay babies. And new converts don't stay new converts. And prodigals don't stay prodigals. And out... is afraid that you're going to get into the valley and you're going to mature and you're going to say though he slay me I'm still going to trust him hell is afraid at the midnight hour you're going to call out to God and you're going to say God grow me God use me God develop me and so Gideon Gideon goes back with his friends and he says this is what we're going to do we're going to go musicians come we're going to go we're going to attack the enemy we're going to surround the valley and we're going to descend upon them and here's what we're going to shout the sword of the Lord and of Gideon now the enemy said this is the sword of Gideon but you can never let the enemy define who you are Because if the enemy defines who you are, he's going to try to, he's tried, he's going to try to give himself a fighting chance. And if he can define you as singular and isolated, what are you trying to say? If you come after the enemy and it's just the sword of you, enemy still got a chance. Did you know if you're going to pray? If you're going to pray a kingdom prayer, it's going to start out like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom success is tied to community. Your kingdom success is tied to your brother and your sister. Paul said our Lord way more than he ever said my Lord. Go back and read it. You are not by yourself. You are not isolated. You are surrounded by brothers and sisters in the household of faith. And if you try to fight a battle by yourself, the enemy has a chance of winning. Can I just speak to you for just a moment? There's a term in secular society called self-care. It's the world's attempt at trying to define Sabbath. The world knows that there are mental issues and mental crisis. And you know what the world's answer is? Go have a spa day. 
Go isolate yourself. Text your pastor's wife and say, I can't come to church. Go buy another Louis Vuitton. Go out and hunt with the bros. Because the enemy knows your Sabbath and your rest and your renewal and your victory is tied to your brother and your sister. Oh, help me right now. But Gideon says, you know what we're going to do? I need some brothers. I need about 10 guys to come join me. Hurry, run, 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 run. Don't get stabbed. Hurry, get on platform quick. Get on platform quick, 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 quick. Come on, Finn. Oh, man, we, come on, girls. I need some girls up here. I need a few girls up here. Come on, Haley. Come on, Annetta. You ain't hiding. You ain't hiding. Come on. All y'all get up here. All y'all get up here. Run up here. Run up here. Run, run. Come on, Becca. Run, run, run. Come on, Olivia, Destiny. Come on, girl. That's it. Come on. Yeah, come on. I'm getting a little nervous. All right, we all on the same team. You know what Gideon says? Gideon says, when we come into the valley... We're going to shout. And you know what we're going to shout? The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. The last thing that the enemy heard before their defeat. The last thing that the enemy heard before their destruction. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. This was the last thing that they heard before they died. Gideon's hand is not the only hand on the sword. It's not the sword of the Lord and the separate sword of Gideon. It's the sword of the Lord. I didn't come to blow your mind. I didn't come to give you deep revelation. I just came to tell you, if you get your hand on the same sword as the Lord, there is no demon, there is no devil, there is no stronghold, there is no curse, there is no darkness. I need someone to flood this altar right now. I need you to step out from where you are. I need you to get in this altar right now. Hurry, as quick as you can. I need every adult, every elder, every, every person that possibly can. I need you to get in this altar right now, right now. As quick as you can, as quick as you can. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I want you just to lift up your hands for just a moment, church. I want you just to lift up your voice for just a moment, church. Come on, that's it. Come as close as you can. Come on, come as close as you can. Come as close as you can. Come on, people are filing in behind you. People are coming in behind you. Get in as close as you can. There's room all across this altar, in the front, in the middle, in the right, in the left. Hear me. Hear me right now. I want to speak some things into the atmosphere. Some of you going to catch it. Some of you might not. We'll speak it anyway. We'll speak it over these young men and women. You know, these aren't just little boys and little girls. These are young men and women. Goliath asked for a man. God sent him a man. Goliath said, send me a man to fight. God sent him a man. How does that make sense, son? What makes sense like this? The prophet looked at all of David's brothers. They were physical men, but spiritual babies. And God chose David, who was the physical baby, but the spiritual man. Because it doesn't matter how old you are in age, how old are you in prayer? How old are you in fasting? How old are you in consecration? 
Kaylee. How old are you? You're 20. Denver, how old are you? 17. Ben, how old are you? 13. Ben, how old are you, bud? Nine. You know what my motto was growing up? If I'm young enough to be tempted, I'm old enough to be anointed. Don't tell me hell can get you before heaven can. Because heaven had access to your mother's womb. And heaven formed you. And heaven created you. And he ordained a calling and an anointing before you ever came into this world. But if you ever find yourself holding a sword that the hand of the Lord is not on, get your hands off of that sword. If you ever find yourself fighting a battle that the Lord is not fighting, remove yourself from that battle. But if you ever get your hand, what you doing down there? You better get up here. You better get up here, buddy. You want up here? Get up here, get up here. Tori, if we ever get our hands on the same sword as the Lord. We may be out of place, but we're not out of sight. And we are hell's worst nightmare. The last point I'm going to make and then we're going to the Bible says that the army would go and defeat the enemy. But the Bible says there are there some generals that got away. So you know what Gideon did? He pursued them. He went after them. And you know what he did? When he got to them, he turned to his son. He said, Jether, I want you to slay the enemy. Finn, can I trust you? I need you to hold this. I need you to be real still. I need you to hold that with two hands. Don't twitch. The only thing that hell fears more than the sword of the Lord and of Gideon is the sword of the Lord and of Gideon and of Jether. I think sometimes we take generational curses a little too far. But if you're going to believe in generational curses, you better believe in generational blessings. you got to understand your physical father and your physical mother may not be in this house but you got spiritual mothers and you got spiritual fathers and you got a spiritual family tree because the Bible says this honor has all the saints this honor has all the saints this honor has all This is what we're about to do right now. The Bible says that Jethro didn't draw a sword because he was afraid. You look at commentaries and you read other translations. You know what it says, Simon? It said if Jethro would have slayed those two men, it would have been an utter humiliation. Hell is utterly afraid of a multi-generational revival breaking out in Zanesville, Ohio. But if you're young enough to click on junk and you're young enough 
to get high on this and you're young enough to hear that and you're young enough to be tempted with this you are old enough to be used by God in intercession you are old enough to lay hands on the sick and see them recover this is what's about to happen in this house Lord the Lord is about to empower this church unlike it's ever been empowered before hear me right now can I have it just a second just a second I'll give it back I want you to hear me right now is this alright it's okay the Bible said there was an enemy that came against David that enemy had a sword and the Bible said there was no sword in the land like Goliath's sword, Brother Tyler. And the enemy wanted to use that sword to take David out, slaughter him and chop him up. But surprise, surprise, God turned what the enemy meant to harm David with. And he used it to arm David. I want to tell somebody, Goliath's holding your sword. Oh, some of you don't believe me. I'll say it again. Lakin, Goliath's holding your sword. I'm going to say it till you believe it. Goliath is holding your sword. Just because he has it doesn't mean it belongs to him. God is so big and bad. He can use the devil to bring you closer to him. He can use the enemy to equip you. He can use your trial and your past to give you your greatest testimony. Hear me, I'm almost done, I promise. The Bible says there was no sword in the land like Goliath's. The Grant, if we want a sword that nobody has, we're going to have to fight a battle that nobody will. Some of you have asked the Lord why you have went through this and why you have faced that. It's been unfair. It's not been right. But look what's in your hand. I said, look what's in your hand. And it's not just your hand on the sword. It's your hand. let you hold it because I said I give it back now I'm going to take it back and we're going to put this over here and we are going to safely remove this from the campus Seth go put that somewhere now this is what I want us to do I hope I've not went too long but I've tried to do my best to share the word of the Lord tonight and this is what I want us to do we're getting ready to lift up our voice in the spirit we're getting ready to pray in the spirit. I want every single young man and young lady that's on this platform to help me pray right now. I want every elder and every adult that's in this altar to help me pray right now. And you know what I'm gonna ask you to do? I'm gonna ask you to stretch your hands towards them. And you know what I'm gonna ask y'all to do? Where's your girls? Y'all get up here, y'all get up here. You think you're a ninja. They want up here, they can if they want. This is what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask you to stretch your hands towards them. And I'm gonna ask all of you to stretch your hands to them. Because this sword is gonna have both hands on it. And this church and this youth group is gonna be hell's worst nightmare. This church and this pastor and wife and this staff and this team is gonna be hell's worst nightmare would you lift your hands would you stretch it out right now would you stretch out your hands young people would you stretch out your hands elders and adults now would you lift up your voice right now would you lift your voice in the spirit right now would you pray in the spirit right now would you let the holy ghost intercede through you right now
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.